All right, y'all. Before we get into today's show, me and Saver have a very, very exciting announcement to make. Season three of The Bunt will be brought to you by none other than Van Shoes, the original since 1966. We only mess with the best over here at The Bunt. And in case you've been living under a rock, Kyle Walker just got skater of the year. And his new shoe is absolute fire. Honestly, I don't think Kyle Walker would be skater of the year without the groundbreaking technology in this shoe. The waffle cup technology, the ultra cush HD cushioning, the Duracap durability. These are all key features in Kyle taking home Sodi. Kyle Walker put a hurting on skate spots around the world. Make sure to go check out his raw files on Thrasher and take a look at all those uncut stunts he pulled off with the assistance of his brand new shoe. Make sure the Kyle Walker kicks are on your Christmas list. All right, let's get into the show. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Yo, man. What's up, listeners? <laughs> it's the ghost. <laughs> I'm saying I'm trying to trying to be positive out here, but I just got slapped upside my head in fantasy basketball, fantasy football, eliminated from the playoffs officially. So I'm gonna be talking like this all episode long. Yo, just kidding, yo, we back. <laughs> yo, it's season three. Let me forget about my fantasy woes for a minute. <laughs> and yo, just say what's up to the people, dog. Yo, it's official. The ghost is in the building. We got Don Cron, aka Dono, Ants One behind the scenes. Got some new equipment. As you can tell, our voices are crispier than ever. <laughs> Yo, Donna, what's good this week still? Holy shit, I did not expect that, my dog. You mustered up all the energy you had to give me that. All right. This week, we interviewing the pod father, the one and only Tim O'Connor. And then, you know, we getting back into the sports. We talking NFL weeks 9 through 15 because we left y'all hanging for a little bit. But don't worry, we got y'all. <laughs> and then we going to head over to the association, keep y'all up to date with Mr. Triple Double. You know who that is, the one and only Russell Westbrook. And then we heading over to the post office, you know, wrap up episode one of season three. Let's get it cracking. Uh, my dog, man, we've been off the air for uh, quite some time now. Last uh, last the people heard from us, you were talking to Brandon Beeble about joining some sort of gym you were heading to berlin like what's good with you doc hey man let me tell y'all berlin was epic you know what i'm saying got the partying half of my uh, claims out to Beeble, and then i was supposed to come home and join the gym uh you know what i'm saying i've been back for a few weeks but that's still on hold might, <laughs> might have to push that one back to january 2nd you know the classic uh gym sign up rates go through the roof and then niggies are oh, done so after two weeks it's a new year's resolution thing now eh yeah it's just it's cold out here you know what i'm saying i ain't trying to walk to the gym but i am trying to lose weight before nicaragua and that beach wedding <laughs> oh my well we know uh our streets reporter is hard at work dgk wade been in the gym all winter long so far this guy's cooking it up at the loft man you're falling behind bro I know I don't really got anything to say for myself except I'm gonna be cut by uh, February 12th, Nicaragua. Yo, look out for that six pack selfie. Check my Instagram <laughs> at Safler. <laughs> Jesus, God, goddamn man, it's plugging himself. Anyways, enough about me, yo. What the fuck's been popping with you, Dons? You know, you know, me and uh, my main man, Dishka One, 
We uh, we run in this beer league men's hockey thing going right now. Number one and two in scoring. Can't be stopped. We're having a tough time uh, getting a win around there because uh, our team ain't the greatest. But you know what it is. It's all in good fun. Snow's on the ground up here in Canada, so we're fucked, bro. We're stuck. We're stuck indoors, usually watching some sports or uh, spending the time at the lock, you know. They're driving around a car to go with me, almost crashed, almost ended me and Donald's life, I'm trying to park. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, I think we would have survived <laughs> crashing into a parked car, but yeah, you need to work on that, the, the parallel thing. Yeah, that, that whiplash would have been deadly. Well, considering we're on the curb, and then uh, you thought that a good solution for that would be to get out and push the car yeah <laughs> i think a, a repark was in store doc those things are tiny yeah. we definitely could have just pushed the car over the two of us <laughs> all right all right enough about us before we get into the interview make sure all y'all like us on facebook at the bunt follow us on instagram at the bunt live and definitely send in your questions to the bunt live at gmail.com oh yo one other thing i said i was gonna do was party less Yo, it was Saturday night last night. Your boy stayed in, yo. Turn up. What'd you do on Friday? I drank two Bud Lights. <laughs> yeah, more than two. two no, yeah. two Bud Lights and uh, a Sapporo. You're out there, man. And dog. a Mill Street yeah. Organic. It's all right. And four glasses of wine. Yeah, exactly. But still. Fall back. Bro. I was barely hung over the next day. Anyways, enough about us, yo. This week, we got the legend, Tim O'Connor. You know what I'm saying? The Tim O'Connor Show. As far as I know, the original skateboard podcast genius. And you'll be happy to hear he told us he's trying to come out with regular episodes now, so keep your ears peeled for that. I actually met Tim O'Connor earlier this year in the summer, and I think we were maybe two or three episodes into season one, just started. And uh, he was nice enough to give me a bunch of advice on equipment and shit like that. So there's no beef in the skateboard podcast game. And, uh, Tim was down to come on our show. It wasn't like, uh, I don't know, sometimes people hit us up like they think there's beef between uh, the skate podcast, but it's like, yo, the more the merrier, eh? Um, but yeah, man's a legend. Stoked to have him on. Tim O'Connor is definitely uh, a voice that's very recognizable in the skateboard community. One of the bigger personalities. Uh, wouldn't say the man is very uh, tight-lipped. You know, he's known to speak his mind. Professional skateboarder for a very long time and... Uh, the man who did the, my favorite skateboard trick of all time, man. Uh, backside flip, Peggy 5 better than I've ever seen it. Let's get into this interview. Alright y'all, we got the pod father in the house, Mr. Tim O'Connor. What's going on, dog? I'm chilling, man. The pod father, yeah, right. <laughs> That's it, man. You got it. So uh first question we ask everyone is uh your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Favorite skate moment? Uh that's a hard question to dial it down just to one thing. You know what I'd say favorite skate moment would probably be uh any one of those days where uh, you're skating and you feel like you can do no wrong and you just feel crazy on point and it feels uh, effortless. You've been skating a bunch and stuff like that. Uh, just that, just like a, a general uh, one of those days where you just feel on and uh, yeah, it feels very second nature. So it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's hard to get there the older you get, yo. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've been at it in years. So it's been a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, fuck, it's been forever. It's a, a dusty old uh, memory now. Uh, we'll see if I can ever uh, fucking make that happen again. <laughs> and uh, favorite sport moment? Oh, sport moment. You sports oh, yeah, fan? You're, you're hitting up the wrong guy for sports. Uh, I was all about sports until I was like about 10 years old. Uh, and then I found skating, started skating, and that, that took over. Like, if I had never found skating, I probably would have been all in with baseball, soccer. Maybe I would have went on to football or something like that. Uh, but yeah, skateboarding took over and I, I all sports and everything just fell by the wayside. So uh, wish I had something off the top of my head that I could reference of like somebody streaking the field or something like that <laughs> on like a, a famous moment like that. That would probably be my favorite thing, but I, I have nothing. There's no sports knowledge in my head. That's just like... Uh, it, I'm neither here nor there. It does nothing for me. I feel uh, no way. It's like a girl licking my nipples like during sex. I'm just like, ah, it's a waste of time. I don't feel good about it or bad about it. It's just it's happening. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Man, the sports moment one's a, a hit or miss now. I feel like the younger generation is uh, more so, maybe you guys might know better than me. You're younger than I am. So I feel like the to me, seems like the younger generation appreciates sports more so, uh, as far as skateboarders go and yeah. stuff. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, that seems to make sense. Like, uh, not so much seen as jocks anymore. Yeah, no, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if it's a jocks versus skaters type thing or whatever. But I just feel like when I skated, it was just skating was my life. That's it. Yeah, I think that was a thing, skaters versus jocks. I never thought about anything like that. I was I was cool with everybody in my school. I didn't hate jocks, whatever. But yeah, now I feel like a lot of skaters now have sports knowledge, follow mm -hmm. whatever sports is football, basketball. Like I'll be on trips now uh, with guys and they, they want to get back to the hotel as fast as possible to watch like the NBA playoffs or something like that, where I, I feel like that's uh, more of a normal thing where back in the day I would have been on tour. Nobody that I was with would have given a shit. Yeah, I feel like there's more of a divide back in the day. Like if you skated, it was like a lot of people skated to not be part of the team sports kind of shit. Even when when we started skating, it was like once I started skating and quit the basketball team, everyone made fun of me. It was one or the other. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were probably good at basketball. You probably uh, had some abilities. And then part of wanting to go all in on skating is starting to get a little bit good at it as well. It starts to become a bit fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you have like a physical prowess on some level. So people are like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're quitting this shit for you fucking blowing it, yeah, going yeah. all in on this fucking sidewalk surfing shit. It's <laughs> called white boy all the time by all, all the oh, movies. Yeah, on yeah. The that, oh, shit, man. It, it, that's... As a, as a brother, that's a fucking real thing. Hey, when the Nike shoes started coming, you know, all the dudes called me white boy. It was a, it was another story. Yo, safes, can I get some shoes? Yo, hell no, nigga. Yeah, there's been <laughs> there's been a uh, paradigm shift, like it's a bit of a game changer. Where there was that, there was like a very much you Tony Hawk motherfucker white boy, <laughs> and then you know so now there's like a, a couple. I think everybody all over the board from fucking famous white musicians to famous fucking hip hop heads at, at skate and a bit or like NBA players that could fucking, yeah. you know, whip out a fucking hard flip and shit. And it's like, yeah. uh, it's changed. There's been a shift where it's, uh, you know, from my white boy uh, suburban standpoint, <laughs> seems like eh, it's not, you know, so much just only a white boy thing now. It's a little more accepted for sure. Oh, definitely. A mad little... Little black kids skating these days. I love it. 
Yeah, no, it's rare, man. It's good. I I grew up skating right outside of New York City. It's where, where I've always lived. I live like I've always lived about a thirty minutes, roughly, uh, drive from downtown Manhattan and stuff like that. So I was always used to seeing uh, like urban inner city like kids, which is basically you know black kids, uh, Puerto Rican kids, and stuff like that where I live. Uh, skating and everything so that seemed very normal but yeah depending on where you grew up and everything like uh well actually you know I, i'm not even thinking about it to me it seemed normal to see like brothers and 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 spanish kids skating and stuff like that but they were probably that whole time catching you doing that white boy shit whatever but uh yeah i didn't think about it because i didn't catch it in my neighborhood where we were all white as shit <laughs> they're like yeah that, okay cool that's what you should be doing get it yeah i never caught no flack when i left the basketball team yeah. They're like, all right, <laughs> see ya. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Oh, I got to shout out Reynolds because he sponsored so many little black kids that now it's normal. We out here. He did, huh, man? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I think me being a bit older, I, I would love to watch Baker videos and see like little kids you could tell they're coming from thugged out neighborhoods mm-hmm. and stuff like that and skating yeah. their ass off. And so it, it, there's something that's uh, inspiring about that. It's rad to watch that they, they when they take some of those kids under their wing and stuff like that. And then, you know, they blaze their own path. The Otis Beasleys of the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Twan, all of them, man. TK. So Zoo York was your first sponsor? Uh, actually, Think uh, Skateboards was my first sponsor. And shit, it, it seemed like a long time at the time, but it was probably like, probably wasn't even a year. And then I ended up on Zoo York, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty soon after that. And uh, which made sense, uh, especially at that time with the East Coast kind of having a bit of an uprising. And I was skating with a lot of those guys on a pretty regular basis and stuff. From Zoo York, it went on to uh, Element. I was on Zoo York uh, for a while, and we filmed. Uh, I was skating with Ricky Oyola, making trips down to Philadelphia uh, on a pretty regular basis, and then uh, went and started filming with Dan Wolf here and there for that Eastern Exposure video. And uh, then we started Illuminati uh, with um, that was another company out of the New York camp. Lasted a very short while. I don't. Re- know why it uh, ended up ending uh i don't know i was only like an am back then so i didn't have to think about money and stuff like that ricky oyola and those guys probably have a uh, much better answer as to why it ended and uh so they all kind of got out of there did their own thing and when they were quitting i was like oh, i guess i'm out too but uh during that time I, I i was getting hit up by element a bunch and uh i ended up riding for them Kind of through the connection of Dan Wolf, who filmed Eastern Exposure and stuff, and he was working with Element, filming some of their stuff and everything, and he kind of, uh, him and Johnny Chillereff were both kind of hitting me up, and then, uh, yeah, after hit me up for a little while, I finally was like, yeah, I'm down to do it, okay. I was friends with a couple guys on Element as well at the time, so it made sense. Did you get to skate with Anthony Korea much during those New York days? One of my favorites from back then. No, you know what? I don't think we crossed over at that time. Uh, I, I, I think I actually, the first time I ever skated with Anthony Korea was through some friends of mine, uh, that were living in Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, I don't think we were on New York at the same time. So yeah, yeah, I was probably out of there in, in, in element land, uh, for a while. So yeah, I didn't get to know Anthony Korea until a little bit later. So uh, when you lived in L.A., you lived with Tom Penny and Musco for a while? No, I never lived in L.A. Uh, there was a uh, – I was talking about Eastern Exposure before. That was 
premiering at a trade show in Long Beach in, uh, I think, maybe 96, I, I, I think. And uh, during that time, I think I, I just wanted to go out and skate like California and stuff, you know, just fucking skate rat, wanted to skate spots I saw on videos and stuff. So I was out in California during the summer... I think it was the summer. I, I don't even know when it was exactly. Right around then, uh, whenever the trade show would go down in Long Beach, uh, the ASR trade show. And uh, I was out there and uh, somehow met up with like Chad Muska at the Huntington Beach Park. Just hit it off with him, was talking to him. He was like, oh, if you need a place to stay or anything, you come stay with me. And uh, I was like, I do need a place to stay. I'm fucking... Definitely. 16, 17 years old, whatever I was, uh, right around that age. Uh, uh, I have nowhere to go right now. So <laughs> I stayed with him and uh, Tom Penny and uh, uh, Angel Cupada that does, um, uh, what do you call it, does crew and all that stuff. They all live together in uh, Newport uh, in California. So I ended up staying with them. But I, yeah, I think I ended up staying with them for fucking way too long uh, in hindsight. But, but I, th I think it was like a month or something like that. I was just posted up at their place. What was it like skating with those two? Yeah, it was fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, there's there's like somebody has an Instagram. It's like the cult of Tom Penny. And it's pretty amazing because you'll see a lot of shit that you never saw of Tom Penny before. I stayed with those guys for like a month and watched Tom Penny skate pretty much every day for a month. And it was just, you know, he was fucking top notch at that point. But this is also that era where... People weren't breaking out video cameras constantly. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, before smartphones. You weren't filming every last trick. And, uh, dude, he he was – I've seen everything in skateboarding. I've been in skateboarding forever. I've skated with the greatest skateboarders on fucking earth, people I never thought I would skate with, people I didn't know existed were incredible. He's one of the guys that seeing him in real life, it looked like a fucking magic show. It was, <laughs> it was seriously – Unfucking real And so much of it is just not documented Maybe that adds to the folklore Probably it completely does But uh, It's for real Watching him in real life at that time It was It was it would like make you laugh He was so good You'd be giggling and stuff Just smooth, it's good And then he, he seemed to always have coverage Of just doing frontside flips Switch frontside flips Which is weird because he was, yeah, really good at that, but he could do every fucking trick just as good. And uh, it's weird that the majority of his coverage was kind of those tricks. Dude, he crushed everything. Vert ramps, fucking, uh, you know, rails, fucking big stairs, tech shit. He was insanely good. One of the most gifted people I've ever seen in my life, for sure. By far, by far. And I, I obviously, I think... Uh, Anybody that went through that era kind of knows that. But uh, yeah, I was privy to seeing some skating that the masses, uh, shit, I don't know. It's like once in a, a lifetime type of thing, you know? It was ridiculous. Like a unicorn, seeing a unicorn. It, it is, it is. Yeah, that's like I, I would try to uh, uh, stress how over the top ridiculous it is. And I think I am by saying, I've seen fucking everything, you know, I've seen <laughs> yeah. everything. So, and seeing him, it was fucking nuts.
I was just lurking <laughs> your uh, your Instagram before you called, and you posted that uh, border GoFundMe thing for yourself. Yo, I did that as a complete fucking joke, and this guy, somebody put fifty bucks in there. I was, like, yeah. I was like, I'm kidding. I'm fucking completely kidding. Like for some people, it's a very valid deal. Uh, it, I was like, oh shit, thank you. But uh, maybe you should probably take that money back. I don't know how it works actually. I haven't even really looked at it again. But uh, I was like, well, there's fifty bucks in it. Well, who put that in there? What the fuck? I was like, I'm completely kidding. Yeah, make me a millionaire. And or fund my uh, cement skate park in my driveway. That actually, I really do want to build a cement setup in my driveway. We'll see if I can get around some of the laws in New Jersey. It's been something I wanted to do for a bit. And uh, I had a little money set aside to do it. But the property I live on is like, it's just some full-on domesticated white yeah. boy suburban shit. I got all these trees that needed to be cut down in my house. That shit cost thousands of fucking dollars. How to do that. So a lot of the money just fucking got shot into that. So uh, got put on the back burner for now, for, for a minute. We'll see. Well, yeah. now you got the, uh, the GoFundMe will be there in no time. Yeah, It'd be incredible more. if that really could work. Maybe there is a way I could do it, you know, where a joke turned into a reality. Yeah. <laughs> enough money. Like, holy shit, I really was completely kidding. But all right, let's do this fucking dream driveway yeah. in the works. Yeah, how does that thing work? I swear, like, you can just type in anyone's name and there's like oh, a- It kind of is. I think with, with a border, you know, the whole deal is they host a bunch of skateboard events. They are a contest organization and stuff like that. Scoring system, everything. So if you have skated any of their events, whether it's been, um, uh, it, there could have been these uh, Adidas contests that they did uh, all over the U.S., a couple international stops. These They do the Vans Park Series now and stuff. They do shit everywhere. But if you've skated any of their events uh, in the past and you're in their system, so your name's in there, they have like a headshot of you and stuff like that, you can type your name in and then you just got a link. They, they It's basically, yeah, it's a GoFundMe for skateboarding. And um, ultimately, they just want to hook people up. And stuff like that is like... Uh, a good thing, yeah. Fuck, it's just a, a rad deal because I saw I saw a couple people on the go fund, on their thing. What if, I don't even know what they call it. Border fund me, border fund whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple dudes, and uh, namely this one guy, Sky Sealjag, who I've watched skate in real life, like a park tranny skater. He's fucking ridiculous, but he probably doesn't make shit from skating. Yeah. Well, he doesn't make shit, but he should fucking be a bazillionaire he's one of those guys he had a video part like a lib tech video part which if you had told me some guy that writes for lib tech is good i'm like uh, i would fucking laugh hysterically i'm fucking the biggest fucking cynic i uh, you know you tell me somebody rides for some bullshit i ultimately think like it or immediately think like oh this guy is fucking horrible but <laughs> i watch this guy skate live and he's fucking so so good, so entertaining to watch, and uh, he should just be paid. But the the state of the skateboard industry right now, you know, that guy's probably not making shit, man. So it's rad that they have that kind of GoFundMe thing, and it, it'll it'll help him get to certain events and stuff like that, where he could be, you know, uh, fund his travels and stuff like that. And uh, shit, maybe he can make some money at these events or be seen by some other. You yeah. know, proper sponsors and get some legit sponsors and stuff like that. And from there, then it'll be a treat to watch them skate. Uh, you know, video parts, whatever. I was uh, I was in the contest uh, that I am getting paid in Montreal a couple of years ago, so I'm probably in the system. 
Yeah, oh, you're in the system for sure. Well, that shit, that's where, that's where I met you. I didn't realize until we were, when we saw the, uh, the video right here. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know who these guys are. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I fucking fully do. <laughs> yeah, I met you at Am Getting Paid and stuff. But yeah, I was judging that time, or this past summer, right? But two years ago, I skated in it. And mm-hmm. uh, meaning I'm in the system, meaning everyone listening, go throw in 50 bucks. You feel Sound me? the alarm. Here we go there again. There you go, yeah. I'm trying to go. Do to, not donate. I'm trying to go to the barracks and film a banger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you get enough people to throw like fucking two bucks in there. Shit, it'll add up, man. I don't know. What is your guys' reach? You guys got a reach? You guys got a fucking good listenership? You're all over the place. Seems like you guys are killing it. I don't know. I don't know. Not enough for this guy to get some money in his GoFundMe, though. Okay, well. Do not donate to his, uh, his Border <laughs> Am appearances. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We'll get there. Shit, I'm trying to become a millionaire for fucking just doing nothing. <laughs> hey, 50 bucks on the way. You could dream, man. You could dream. <laughs> Doesn't hurt to dream. So, Tim, you don't know this about me, but we're shitty ankle brothers. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about the process over the years and the ankle struggles and the surgeries and what you had to do to get back on your board. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I had like uh, my one ankle in particular, yeah, reconstructed, had some weird surgery with cadaver ligaments, put in my ankle and stuff like that. Yeah, my ankle was fucking done. It was done years ago. Uh, I should have had a surgery in my young 20s. Didn't know. But uh, I wish at that time that I could have like seen a sports physician or something like that. I think that type of stuff is kind of... uh, common knowledge nowadays to Mm -hmm. see somebody that's familiar with sports injuries and whatnot, you know, but at that time it was just go see your random orthopedist or whatever, go see your pediatrician and just fucking get a lollipop. And like, yeah, they, they didn't do shit for me. Uh, what I needed something that my, my ankle was so blown out that it was just so loose and I would sprain my ankle doing next to nothing. And it was such a, bad chronic thing that I could have had remedied at a young age, but I just didn't know, you know, uh, I feel like I probably helped some other people younger from me from, uh, going through my experiences and just passing down some of that knowledge to those guys. Like, yo, you need to see this guy, this and that sort yourself out. Like, uh, I did it all the wrong way and kind of figured it out a little bit too late, but, um, yeah, it is what it is. Not that big of a deal. Ankle injuries are the worst. It was just uh, just annoying. Yeah, incredibly annoying. How's it feeling these days? Are you like kind of back or <laughs> good? The, the fucking funny thing about it is that it feels better now than it did for years and years during like my main years of uh, skating. You know, probably through my my peak years of skating, it's like way less prone to spraining. But um, yeah, but I'm fucking older now. I'm fucking old. Got kids and shit. <laughs> Life is done. I'm done. Got one <laughs> one foot in the grave, another on a banana peel. Like I'm, I'm over <laughs> working on a driveway skate park. Yeah, well, and the, the suburbs. reason behind that is because I got two kids. Uh, my one kid goes to school, but then the other one's two. And when I'm at home, I got to watch that kid a, a lot. You can't go too far from home. The kid's got a fucking nap. He's gonna shit his pants every two seconds, which you could deal with when you're out and about. But like it'd be like he's fucking napping. I can't do shit. Yeah. Like I, I'm sort of free, but I'm not at the same time. And I like I need something to skate at the fucking house, man. And there ain't shit really right around me. I can't just go skate down the street. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have something to fuck with right outside my door. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wake. But then you're gonna wake up the baby's nap. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've trained him enough to sleep through noises purposefully. Like I'll just <laughs> leave loud music on and yeah. shit like that while the kid's going to sleep over and over and just keep it, be just real repetitive about that and just train them to sleep through loud noises because I don't want to have to shut the fuck up and tiptoe around the house when they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, genius. Can you tell us a little bit about Bam, someone you don't hear too much about in the uh, skate industry anymore, but you're pretty close friends with him? What's he up to today? Yeah, a good friend of mine. I don't get to see him as much as I used to. Um, I think he's been battling. I actually haven't talked to him in a little bit. It's been a been a f- I feel like half a year since the last time I talked to him. Uh, last time battling sobriety and stuff like that, and uh, for a bit was looking good. You could tell he was sober. He was fucking looking on point and stuff. But he's always up to something though. Like even it, whether he's like if he's in the public eye or not, that motherfucker is like got the Midas touch. He'll he'll randomly invest in some fucking thing. He had a friend that was creating some sort of software that I have no idea what the guy was talking about. I met the guy, he tried to explain it to me, but I don't understand coding. I don't understand any of that shit. Who does except, you know, fucking hackers and, you know, truly smart people. Um, uh, he invested in this guy's uh, uh, software and then thought he was losing like $100,000 or whatever. The guy hit him up like two years later, like, here's your check for fucking two, three million bucks. He's like always doing shit like that. Wow. And then it just fucking happens. He makes money. And then uh, he can't sit still. He was – he. Like he's not like type of guy that will sit around and watch TV ever. If you ever go to his house, he's never watching TV. Uh, he, he he'll take you up to his editing bay and he's like making some song. He's making some video edit, whether he's going to use it or not. He's doing something, and uh, he's he's always got his hands into all sorts of shit. Um, you know, obviously we'll all see the TV shit and stuff and we'll, we'll be well aware of that. But, uh, he's just a mover and shaker for life. He's just fucking, he's killing it. So yeah, I think that's probably something most people don't know. Cause a lot of people be like, uh, where are they now? Type of a thing. And, uh, I think the, maybe the last public thing he had, he was on that, like, um, that show where it was like intervention type show or, or, uh, maybe it wasn't an intervention or whatever. It was like, uh, Oh, I think those uh, like therapy. VH1 like stars it was celebrity VH1 rehab sure. or something. Something like Lionel that, Rose. yeah. Yeah, I think he was maybe the only one that was like coming off like drinking and drugs and stuff like that. But it was something like that. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, regardless of that, yeah, he's just, he's fucking always doing something. But yeah, it's been a minute. I should probably hit him up tonight or something. See see how he's been. I always have this memory of, uh, of Bam and I think it was that... Uh, the Tampa Pro video, 1999, when he did the the switchback tail across oh, with the like rail, like the bleach blonde hair and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it that was fucking insane. That was especially crazy. especially at that time. But the funny thing is, uh, with Bam, he could switch back tail that thing. But if he had a back tail that or back tail like a little ledge, yeah. a normal back tail, he couldn't do it if his life depended on it. Really? There's there is a shitload of tricks that Bam could do better switch. Than he could uh, do in his normal stance, which le- he would do a switch ollie and then a regular ollie on flat, and his switch ollie looked better. So he skated goofy. I'm like, I, I think you probably were meant to skate regular foot. Like, I think you- yeah, you've got it fucking it backwards. And he's like, maybe, man. I don't fuck it. I'd like it. And he's not kidding either. He's like, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. But yeah, there, there was a fuckload of stuff that dude could do switch 
better than regular foot. Yeah, and if you watch any of his old videos, he's was more likely to nollie into things and stuff like that, like try to nollie lip slide a rail. Nollie half cabs. Straight up lip slide it. He was always an underrated skater, I, I feel like. For sure. Especially for kids nowadays probably have yeah. no idea. I think like uh, <clears throat> he, he really found his niche within skating, like when FDR Park started uh, being erected and yeah. stuff. He was fucking, he killed that place. Another dude to watch him skate there live, he really, he really fucking crushed it. But then, uh, you know, his fame and shenanigans after that fully uh, outshined his skateboarding and stuff. He always incorporated skating. Like even in that Vivo La Bam show, they had like the huge skate park out front, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For That's, sure, yeah. He built all sorts of stuff, like yeah. ridiculous comical stuff around his house and uh, stuff you could skate. It all kind of sucked or whatever, but uh, <laughs> but but it was there. I mean, yeah, he, he was a fucking skate rat. And, and I would say uh, for somebody that became a millionaire, I love the way he spent his money. It was just for fun shit. Yeah. Like just purple Lambo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate purple. I hate it. I mean, I think he's got some of the worst tastes in the fucking world as far as colors, as far as music. Graphics. Uh, he listens to the fucking worst shit ever. But <laughs> uh, but he would spend his money in a way that was just fucking fun. And and ultimately would always want his friends around and just would want to have fun, you know? Yeah. Um, he would just be like, Tim, come to this thing and... Uh, just um, we're gonna fucking go to the Playboy Mansion and uh, fucking hang out and whatever. Uh, like he, he just always just wanted to have a good time and see his friends have a good time. Like it really, that dude's got a really good heart. Like a really good heart, you know. As far as like famous people go and can kind of ego trip this and that, which I totally understand. You know, I, I I think I can understand it more. So watching friends go through some of that little fame cycle and stuff, he he was always really good about keeping his friends around and, and having people kind of keep him in check for the, for the most part. He had a couple of mm-hmm. times where he slipped up and was weird wearing eye makeup and I made <laughs> fun of him. And then he got pissed at me, took it real personal. I'm like, yo, dude. If we were hanging out like a year ago and somebody showed up to a skate spot wearing fucking eyeshadow, we would have been fucking belly laughing, just <laughs> fucking laughing at dude like, I'm allowed to make fun of you. Like, just chill. And uh, yeah, he was he's ultimately cool with it. So on your epically latered, you pretty much ripped everyone except for Mike Carroll in a Thrasher issue. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Was there uh, any regrets or any lashback after that went out? No. Yeah, you, you know what? Surprisingly, for like a lot of the shit I've talked over the years, uh, very little. Yeah, very little pushback. Right? I, I think most people kind of, for the most part, realize that I'm just being ridiculous and, and i think enough people know me that'd be like yo it's ne- never mean-spirited or anything ultimately i, I would never want to say anything to just be harsh and fucking hurt somebody but yeah you know what i think in the epically later at the time a, a lot of stuff was edited out did it with patrick odell it's a really quick random thing yeah it's like three minutes i think yeah but like we filmed it in like a like two seconds outside of Autumn Skate Shop in New York. I was like about to go skating. It wasn't like a, later on, the epically later, it became very in-depth yeah. and, you know, hang with people. We did it in like, I don't know, fucking 10 minutes or something like that. It, it was very 
off the cuff, whatever. And yeah, a lot of shit got edited out at, at that time. Um, I think that in the beginning, I don't know if it still exists. It was like a little disclaimer, like we don't share. Oh yeah. These, uh, yeah, yeah, we don't share these uh, particular viewpoints. These are Tim's uh, <laughs> viewpoints. Um, but yeah, no, no pushback. I, th- I feel like, I think a friend of mine, I think that guy Rob Brink told me at the time he was working at Etney's and I think Sean Malto wrote for Etnies at the, that time. I might've made a joke about Sean Malto just looking like a baby on a rail. I, I can't remember what dumb joke I said at the time. I think he got a little bothered, but I, but I understand. He was just a young kid, not knowing where I'm coming from, just being stupid for the sake of it and, and just trying to say something for the camera. And I think he probably, maybe for a minute, was just like, yeah, didn't like me or whatever. But not anything where he was ever a dick to me or anything. I think like the guy Rob Brink told me like, oh, he was a little bothered by it or something like that, whatever. But it, now I see Sean Malto, it's, it's, it's not a thing. It's a non-issue on every level, What you know. But I think that was maybe the only thing of anything that I maybe heard. But uh, Which I get though, because if anybody is like saying anything which you could construe or misconstrue that uh, they're talking shit about you on some level, especially your skating. It's very personal and you're going to feel a certain way. You're going to be fucking upset. And I get it. What about uh, Garrett Hill's split black and red pants? Have you uh, learned to love Uh, those? No, I never heard shit from him. I think that guy did a million fucking retarded things. I I think he caught it from everybody. There's no way I was the only guy. He was wearing (laughs) one pant leg black, one pant leg red. Like, whoa, what are you doing? I mean, that was just a fashion faux pas. Like, he fucked up. He fucked up. I I think that guy caught a lot of shit from a lot of people (laughs) for wearing certain things. I think he... I think I read in somebody's interview or maybe it was his own interview where he was talking about showing up on a trip and he was wearing Ugg boots like on the plane or something like that. Caught a lot of shit. So like he was like, uh, you know. uh, Repeat offender. As, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Habitual line stepper (laughs) as uh, fucking Charlie Murphy would have said uh, in the fashion department. And he was fucking up all over the place. So just like, yeah, he was setting us up where some of us were just knocking it down, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it, it wasn't like a craze that caught on like one black pant leg one red pant, uh, pant leg like it's like that's not a thing man just so you know he had to make those himself man i don't know if like you can go buy those or that's yeah it's a good question i don't know maybe it's uh you gotta live in some cosmopolitan city or near one and go to like the thrift shop or like uh Maybe Hot Topic. You guys have Hot Topic in Toronto or was that a thing? Like, a, no. you know, like one of those stores that sells like neon posters where you, you put the uh, black light near or whatever. Like maybe they had those pants there or something. It's probably gone from know. Northbound Leather. Remember that one? <laughs> the bondage store. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. And fast forward a little bit and splash that coffee all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, me splashing coffee? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, fuck. Uh, that was so bad for him almost, kind of. It was like randomly documented. He's coming in, oh. coming in hot with a bunch of fucking lattes, <laughs> hits a pebble, and just fucking eats it. Like, goddamn. I feel like that happened, and then you just started seeing a lot less of him as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like, yeah, the, the fucking, it was just, the latte was a straw that broke the fucking uh, camel's back, yeah. you know? Just like, <laughs> people could take no more. I, I, I don't know. It just, maybe it's just a coincidence or whatever, but uh, shit, that's a funny fucking clip, yeah. man. That is funny. Yeah. His reaction is funny, too. Oh, yeah. Like, a, 
I I think if you just owned the embarrassment of that moment yeah. and just fucking laughed and just this is fucking ridiculous and maybe just took the leftover of another latte poured it over your own head, <laughs> then it wouldn't be a thing. But the fact that you're like, I think he's stressed, maybe focused, bored. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he was serious. That that adds to it, and like you kind of, you know, unfortunately somebody was filming it and. Uh, you're shooting yourself in your own foot. Like the best thing you could do is just own your embarrassing moments. It is, it really is like you have to, it's easier said than done. I think it takes a bit of a skill or just uh, luckily you're born a certain way to own those embarrassing moments. But uh, yeah, you will save yourself a lot of fucking pain if you can do that. So uh, a little while ago, you had a controversial post on your Instagram where you posted a picture of a baby with cleft lip, and um, yeah. it was captioned, classic case of testicle lips. And yep. then uh, <laughs> Kenny Anderson fired back at you because I guess, I didn't know this, he has kids that have cleft lip, and uh, yeah, he was very politically correct. He was just like, Tim's a great, yeah. funny guy, whatever. He can do whatever he wants. But uh, did you guys have a relationship before that? And then since then, have you talked about it or squashed it or any tension still there? Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about this. Uh, I, um, yeah, to me, like, shit, I've posted photos of my own fucking doo-doo. I posted a photo <laughs> of my kid and uh, split photo with, like, a, a big turd I took one day and, like, two of my greatest creations or whatever. So, like... <laughs> It, obviously, I mean, you guys know me from a distance, I guess, and and uh, understand my sense of humor to uh, a degree. Fucking retarded, uh, you know. Uh, I I make really stupid fucking jokes. Once in a while, make a clever joke or something like that. Um, yeah. So this is how it started. I we uh, that that was a piece of mail that showed up to my house from the smile train. I believe we had, uh, me and my wife, we maybe donated money in the past. I think that's why we were getting the solicitation. It was just a photo and literally not, not to play it down or anything. I, I was literally like taking a shit uh, most of the time when I would probably use Instagram, took a photo of it and was making a purposefully just over the top stupid joke. But then, uh, like, yeah, uh, I went and uh, took my kid to go see a movie after that. And then somebody texted me like, Two hours later, like I'm in the movie, my phone was like, you know, vibrating in my pocket. I wasn't looking. Uh, looked later, like, oh, you done uh, got the internet a fucking uh, a flame right now. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Um, to me, it was just nothing. I didn't even think anything. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, you're I'm being an asshole just to be an asshole and get everybody fucking up in arms. But uh, then later, I saw what had happened, and Kenny Anderson reposted the photo. And was like, uh, you know, Tim is a funny guy, uh, this and that. And, uh, you know, don't let people like him bother you if they're doing stuff like this. Which uh, I understand respect. I think Kenny Anderson is a fucking awesome dude. He's a really fucking good dude. And I think maybe that's the reason that it was a bit, you know, quote unquote controversial. Is that he's also seen it maybe has a, uh, there's an image of him being like the perfect guy, you know, doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers. He's just a very likable guy. And then me, I have a bit of a name for being like a bit of a wise ass and stuff like that uh, for people that, you know, semi know me or whatever. So it's kind of like a perfect 
storm, and, and I use that very loosely. This is, it's nothing, you know, less like a fucking day and then the internet forgets, everybody fucking forgets. Yeah. Uh, a perfect storm. This guy's a bit of an asshole and this guy's like the perfectly, perfect nice guy to just put it in general terms. And, uh, you know, that's something that touches him personally. That's something which, you know, I wasn't posting it and going, fuck people with cleft palates and hair lips and stuff like that. If I can, we've donated to them or whatever. It's really just dumb for the sake of being dumb. And who gives a shit? I, I still don't give a shit. It's not like I would take it down. But that, that's something I talked to Kenny about. I actually called him and was uh, asking like, hey man, like uh, what's the deal? Because like I can understand at the moment being a bit red hot, seeing something that kind of pisses you off and just kind of knee jerk reacting, making a post, you know, because he reposted it and left my name and he has way more followers than I do on Instagram and stuff. And if you're going to do that, you're then highlighting this thing, bringing it into more people's, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're bringing it to more people's attention and then leaving a breadcrumb trail to me to go, yeah. No matter what you were, you're you're leaving a breadcrumb trail to go go hate this guy, or whatever. And, yeah. and a good handful of people did, but whatever. I think I'm the perfect guy to go throw your hate at because it, to me, it doesn't matter. I think anybody that gets that outrage on social media is people that I discount out of my life already. It's not that big of a deal. I don't feel that much of a certain way. And uh, so, yeah, it happened. And uh, But I, I called him up on the phone, we talked about it. And I asked him, I, I said, even on my podcast, would you maybe want to talk about this or something like that? I was like, let's, you know, it doesn't have to be today, not while like... We'll calm down. We'll think about it. Be calm, cool, collected. We could talk about fucking social media commentary and people being assholes, putting yourself out there, this, that. And ultimately, it was awesome. It was a good conversation. I didn't want him to be upset. You know, I wasn't, no. I didn't make that post like, fuck Kenny Anderson's kids or fuck people with clip. Like, it wasn't that. Yeah. I'm not a fucking animal, you know? Yeah. It's just a dumb joke for the sake of a dumb joke. You can make a joke about anything. You make a cancer joke and it fucking touches this person's life. You make this joke. No matter what you say, somebody's going to be inf offended in some way. And I find that type of stuff incredibly interesting. I, th I think I personally do a really good job at a practice like I don't look at social media and ever see anything ever that I'm outraged about. Or, or maybe I do. Maybe I, I, I see something where there's people that are fucking Nazis like Hitler. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just take that extreme version like fucking they're pro-Hitler, you know, all about that. Uh, I can see that in this, eh, whatever, like fucking idiots and then unfollow them or, or feel, I don't feel a certain way. I would never get on there and make a post that was anti them and that. I, I think by doing that, you accidentally empower it. Yeah, you just feed right into it. You're feeding into it. And, and it, my intention was not to have anything fed into it. It was really on the level of my dumb fucking doo-doo jokes like it wasn't wasn't meant to maybe there's certain things i've posted in the past that were meant to uh cause some sort of stir that was not at all and again but by the fact that we're saying it's a controversy you got to remember uh on instagram i have like twenty thousand something followers or whatever it is right around there uh this again it's only like it only 10 or 20 people out of all those people or whoever saw it at that time or whatever. And then however many thousands of thousands that Kenny Anderson has, the only people that really said shit to me, 20 people. So like ultimately 
people don't give a fuck. No. And there, you know, there's a term that recreationally offended, you know, and that is just a fucking dime a dozen on the internet and stuff. And those people make the most noise, but ultimately the masses don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They just comment and go on with their life. Have you ever had any kids or parents come crying to you after you ripped them live on the mic during a contest? Uh, in the, uh, doing some of the Tampa AMs in the past, a couple, but you know what? Like far less than you would think. Very, very fucking rare. I, I think, I, I don't know if it's skateboarding in particular, but I think to me, it seems like skateboarders have a really good sense of humor, but it's also mainly what I know. So I'm not the perfect barometer for like, you know, speaking for people in general, like, uh, but yeah, like most people would understand why I'm there, the whole deal. They'd be nervous to fucking skate, which you, I get it. I've fucking been there. I've done that skating a contest, but most skaters, like very few were really bothered by it. And, it. and if anybody was ever bothered by it, never enough to really like hold it against me for the most yeah. part. There might be some people that never voiced it to me, but were really fucking upset. It was like a couple that got a little bit upset. Jamie Thomas got a little upset one <laughs> year at Tampa, said something to me. I said something back to him, but then he later apologized. It was like, maybe I was like a little out of uh, bounds. And you know, he was just really speaking up for some of his guys are having a rough time and stuff like that, which, it, and I said on the other end, I was like, yo, everybody's having a fucking rough time. Like it's, it's a contest. It's fucking nerve wracking, yeah. man. They call your name. It's fucking, you get jitters. It's, but, uh, you know, for the spectators, for a spectator, like you get kind of bored if you're watching a whole contest, like it, they're fucking, an AM contest in particular, Tampa AM, probably even more so in particular that it really fucking long, really, yeah. really long. And, uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you're there for an information factor, but then also an entertainment factor. So like, yeah, I got to provide on some level, you know, for the reason that they hired me, you know. But again, I'm never, my sense of humor is not to be evil or mean for the sake of being mean. I just joke for obvious things. And anybody, I would tell them on a very regular basis, hey, if it really like is going to fuck you up, I don't want to ruin your run. Like, just let me know on the low and I'll be super chill. Like, I'd be super yeah. chill. Like, it would. I would throw it out pretty regularly so people knew that uh, that was an option. You know, I, I wanted people to have an out. I get it. I've skated contests. It's fucking, it's awkward, man. It's just you. What was the Jamie Thomas thing? I thought at first you were saying he was doing a run, but it was like his think, riders. No, it's an AM contest. And uh, I can't remember. It might've been like Garrett Hill or whatever. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. You know, I might've mentioned those pants or something like that. I don't remember in particular, but uh, but it, it, I do remember him like being like, hey man, I know you're here to make fun of people, but like, can you take it easy? And you know, I kind of just flipped it on him. Like as I was like, every Everybody else is here doing like you guys are no exception. You know what I mean? Like you don't get the red carpet or whatever. Like everybody's having a rough time. It's hard. It's a fucking. It's a contest. It's awkward, and especially an amp contest. A lot of people it's their first time skating a contest. They don't have the reps of like kind of like knowing how this works and everything. It's like maybe uh, your first time putting yourself out there and everything. For sure. I definitely remember cracking up listening to some some of the call-outs mid-run. Oh, well, that, that's good. Well, I'm glad that, yeah. hell, shit. If you laugh, then fucking awesome. I guess I did my job and I appreciate you saying so. And uh, that's the whole reason they hired me, you know, just to be a fucking dumbass on the microphone, you know? Call out those kids in the best trick who have no chance at winning. 
Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Just the most like annoying ones. some of those, I feel like they've gotten a little more organized now, but there was a good handful of years for those like best trick am contests were just like, holy fuck. It was just raining human beings. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know who came up with this one. It, it wasn't me, but the, the all will, no skill, just like oh. throwing yourself out there. Like, holy fuck. You have no business trying what you're trying. You're going <laughs> to kill yourself and everybody around you. Just like take a knee over on the sideline. Like, chill. So all of your years of traveling and skating, how often did you hook up with demo chicks? Not a lot, man. Not a lot. I think maybe once, like right outside of a demo. But then, you know what? Maybe outside of... Uh, like there's like a party later at a bar or something like that. And then they knew who you were, usually in like another country or something. And uh, they'd be like, oh, you know, they would obviously know who you are and you're there for a reason. And people are fucking buying you drinks, being nice. You're, you're a miniature rock star for a fucking yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, that was a good amount. It was a good amount for sure. And coming out, no STDs. Like, woo. <laughs> yeah, baby. Fuck yeah, just fucking, just dodging them like fucking Matrix style. They're flying at me, just fucking, just Neo fucking out of the way, out of just fucking, whoa, genital warts, get out of here, herpes, whoa, holy shit. Been lucky. You made it. Oh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, what's a day in the life with Tim O'Connor like these days? Uh, It depends. It could be all over the place. Uh, Today was just suburban, domesticated, uh, just white people shit. Like, uh, woke up, took the kids to a place, to a, a tree farm where we cut down a fucking Christmas tree, went on a hayride, cut down a tree. They drank hot cocoa with fucking a little fucking candy canes in it. Came home. There was a tree lighting ceremony down the street from my house. Like, it's just, it's so white bread. Today was like the, <laughs> just white bread fucking weekend. Um, but other than that, it depends. Like I could be, uh, traveling somewhere super exotic for some of these skate contests, South Africa, fucking Brazil, or I could be home just fucking staring into my littlest kids, the two year old's asshole changing diapers and being, uh, (laughs) Mr. Mom, you know, um, and then uh, in between some of that, flipping some properties with my wife, uh, you know, have some money to buy some properties, learning how to fucking do some stuff, like learning some contractor skills and stuff like that yeah. for our own, uh, you know, investment purposes and everything. And uh, and now I'm trying to line up a schedule where I can do my, my podcast on a regular basis because before I've just kind of done it randomly yeah. whenever. Now I think... Uh, I'm going to try to do it like once a week from now on. That's yes. the idea. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. That's what I was telling you in Montreal, man. I was like, yo, you got to fucking, the people want more Tim O'Connor show, man. No, and I appreciate it. You know, there's been a good amount of people that said it to me and I really appreciate people saying that. Uh, if I can puts a fire under my ass. Uh, now I've kind of like dialed it in just really like as of the other day where I have like a, a schedule, like I'll have like a work day where I can kind of do something now. And uh, it's usually when I'm at home, I'm fucking locked down, just family shit, trying to maintain a house, fucking kids are just the, the ultimate fucking time consumer. It's, uh, you know, as everybody says, it's a game changer. 
but I don't think you can really wrap your head around it until you're actually living it and like, oh, fuck, man. Like, uh, I only knew how to take care of myself before and uh, I wasn't that good at that. So this is uh, much harder. Yeah. Well, that's good news, yo. There's definitely peeps like myself. I think I told you this in person, like drove to Miami last winter and just listen to like every episode it just makes that kind of shit go by so much faster sick thanks man yeah i'm a fan of the podcast i like the long form interview it's interesting man like it's a you fuck i mean even just skateboarding the little world that we live in is like, there's a lot of interesting motherfuckers man i feel like a lot of the people that you like the way they skate if you talk to them, if you're lucky enough to sit down and talk with these specific people, bigger percentage of the time, you, you'll find them to be pretty interesting people as well. Something from their personality bleeds over into the way they skate, their style of skating, the way they look at skating and stuff. So if you like the way they skate, more often than not, you would usually like the people. There are exceptions to that rule, big Definitely. time. That's I'm <laughs> sure you guys have found out on your own. I found out never meet your heroes, that type of a thing, uh, that old adage. Yeah, you usually get a, a much bigger sense for them. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, yo, it's that time. Rapid fire with the ghost. The one and only Tim O'Connor. We know he ain't holding back. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Favorite skater? Probably Mike Carroll. Favorite video? Well, yeah, I'll say blind video days. Favorite video part? Mike Carroll, questionable. Favorite style? Um, Mike Carroll, if I can give two, I'd say Brian Lottie as well. Favorite trick? I like just it's like frontside ollies on transition. It's just fun feeling trick. Hardest trick for you? Switch hard flips, don't like a proper switch hard flip, like a P rod switch hard flip. Most illegal trick. I think probably this is basic, but maybe a Benny Hanna where you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Favorite clip I've ever gotten. Backside flip 5 0. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that sure. one. That yeah, was that's the one it. That yeah. Just popped into my head. Hell too. yeah. Yeah, I think that was one at the time doing it. Felt good. It wasn't. That much of a struggle at the time. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. I was there when uh, Chad Muska grinded this crazy kinked rail at San Diego High School. I think it's a high school. And uh, it was supposed to be for his toy machine part. I think it ended up in a shorties part later. But uh, he grinded this crazy like uh, down flat and down again rail, I think. I don't even remember how many kinks were in it, but seeing it in real life, I couldn't even really understand how standing on a flat bar was that was like a thing, you know, still weirded out by that. And, uh, and watching him do that, I was fucking tripping out. Like, what the fuck? What the? Landing juice of choice. Nowadays, uh, maybe a beer or two, but during skate, my main skate years, I didn't like drink at all when I was skating. Uh, I would have drank like a fucking a big gulp from 7-Eleven or something like that. <laughs> but there were certain dudes like Silas Baxter Neal. He'd be fucking hammered. Still to this day, he fucking drinks his ass off. He'd be drunk as fuck and doing the hardest shit skating. I'm not somebody that could skate with some drinks in me and stuff like that. Maybe like one or two beers and skate some tranny mellow. That's fine. What's the one trick that got away? I was trying to, in the old Eastern Exposure 3 video, I ollied the street gap that is in downtown Manhattan on uh, Water Street, uh, downtown New York City. 
And uh, fairly recently, this this kid kick flipped it, and uh, I a bunch of years ago was trying to kick flip it, but like I couldn't get enough speed at the time. It was like something I needed a toe in, or just like a bit of a bigger wheel or something like that. Like I had it, but couldn't get close enough. Couldn't get enough speed, but that was something I always wanted to do, but then never did. Who's your guilty pleasure skater? Todd Falcon. It's just ridiculous. It's just, what is this guy doing? What are, what are you? Yeah, let your freak flag fly, man. Do your thing. Just be weird in your, your little shitty quarter pipe in your garage or whatever and just fucking, yeah, that guy's bizarre. Yeah. Favorite local skater? Well, fucking Jake Johnson's back in New York right now. I love fucking Jake Johnson, man. He's the fucking illest. He's the best. Favorite teammate ever? On and off the skateboard, maybe like Stefan Janoski. He's, he's somebody that's like, uh, the minute I met him when I was like 22 or something like that back in the day, like I, it, we just were boys and still are. Like I talk to him on a very regular basis, hang out with him uh, as much as I can. Worst company? Uh, whatever Todd Falcon is doing. <laughs> whatever the fuck, I, he's probably got some board company, right? Whatever he's doing is probably really horrible. <laughs> Falcon boards? For the same reasons he's awesome, he's equally horrible on the other end of the spectrum, you know? Yeah. Worst trend? Over the top, like, nose bonk, shove it, and like, I don't even know what you call it. You shove it the board. I can explain every trick, but this one I actually have a hard time explaining. Like, uh, do like a nose bonk, and as soon as the board doesn't even pop up, you do like a no comply, shove it, and then another oh. no comply. Like one no comply connects to another no comply. It's just like, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, whoa. yeah. It's, it's right there. Uh, it, it, I feel like it's... Uh, on the same level as like spinning plates on a fucking, uh, on a, you know, like on a stick or something like that. It's just, it's not skating. It's something else. It's like, it's novelty. It's like juggling. It's, uh, it's fucking riding a unicycle. Technically you have a skateboard or, 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 or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Technically you have a skateboard with you and under your feet, but it's just not the same thing though. Uh, yeah. for any real, real, any real skateboarder, they know what I'm talking about to the uninitiated. You're like, what do you mean? I saw you reposted that Jeff Cernick video. He's from Canada, the dude who like made the mock video. Yo, they killed it. They that dude, I don't know him at all, but they knocked it out the fucking park with that one. That video is amazing. Yeah, I, I love that video. Donovan didn't like it. I loved it. I didn't I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> really? He's oh, wearing dude, a Supreme I, shirt. The guy's actually like pretty trendy himself, so. Well, uh It didn't make much did sense he, to me. Does he have enough to know that he likes it? but can also make fun of himself. You know, I think like that's it, where it is, somewhere in the middle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, it just was just so over the top, spot on, yeah. and and just calling. And they were good enough to do the shit too. Yeah, he's really well, good. Which makes it like you can make fun of it, but then you can do it, which is just perfect. So, you, I mean. Uh, he's actually amazing. I, to me, it was like no room for error on that. I was like, that should win some sort of fucking Instagram award. You know, <laughs> I don't know. They, they need to do that for certain videos. He switched frontside, flipped over a famous 13-stair handrail out here like a few weeks ago or something. Oh, really? Shit. Respect. What's his name again? Jeff, what? Sternum? Cernick, I think. Sternick. Jeff Sternick. Yeah, I, I love him. I'll fucking marry the dude. He fucking killed him. <laughs> That video alone was just, it was perfect. It was fucking yeah. perfect. Worst style Ooh. other than Todd Falcon. Yeah, give Todd Falcon a break here. Yeah, give him a break now. Okay. And I don't think he does have the worst style. Worst style, Daniel Haney. Yeah. Board slide champ. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's like the worst ever. 
it's just kind of funky. This looked like I had a hard time uh, doing anything other than a board side. Yeah. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Maybe Jamie Thomas back in the day. A real serious Oof. Jamie Thomas. I feel like now he probably has loosened up a bit, but there are certain times where I, I'm like, oh God. Not this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he probably had that vibe about me as well. We're just probably like, eh, we, don't, we don't care for one another, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But we were uh, affable with one another. You know, we weren't assholes to one another, but I think we could tell that we both were like, yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Tim O'Connor. My man, thank you so much for doing this with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Hell yeah. Alright y'all, it's time to hop into the post office and new for season three, the post office will be brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. Just in time for the holidays, Stance Socks is releasing a brand new collaboration that's perfect for all those little stocking stuffers. Stance is coming at you with the Star Wars line just in time for the holidays. You got your Vader sock, your Chewy, your Droid. You know we got the light side, the dark side. It's a Christmas miracle. Or should I say a Stance Socks miracle? Make sure you get your Star Wars pack and enjoy the holidays in style. To go along with the Star Wars pack, they're also releasing a Gucci Mane collaboration. Goo-op home, baby. Just in time for Christmas, the East Atlanta Santa with a body on his belt. Hurry over to Stance.com for two-day shipping for the holiday season. All right, y'all. It's time for the post office, our favorite segment. Y'all hit us with them questions at thebuntlive at gmail.com. And we got the answers. You've got mail. First one up coming from Jerome Maxkill. Sorry if I fucked that up, man. Canada on the map. What up, Safe and Don? The show is fucking dope and 100% entertaining. Wade kills it. So glad I came across it. Personally, I would be stoked to hear Daywan, Buzinitz, Brian Wenning, or Rob Welsh on the show. Make that shit happen. Yeah, we'd like to do that too, man. <laughs> Football-related question here. Do you guys think my Seahawks will be back in the Super Bowl? The Hawks took the Bills out the other day with Russell Wilson putting in work. I don't know. Say what you think. You think uh, Russell Wilson's got what it takes? Nah, man. That team's inconsistent this year. (laughs) I ain't a believer. Russell's a fucking, you know what I'm saying? He's a tank, but I think that uh, their defense, the Legion of Boom, ain't what it once was. You know what I'm saying no more Marshawn. The running game ain't what it once was. The Rolls Royce, bro. You don't uh, believe in him? What's his face? Rolls. Thomas Rolls. Thomas baby. Rolls. Nah, nah, I ain't a believer. But you know, don't take my word for it. I'm a rookie fan out here, but don't get your hopes up, cause, uh, cause I ain't. Yeah, you know they got a, uh, they got a good chance as anyone really right now. I don't see anyone as a clear cut favorite. I mean, it was obviously the Patriots until Rob Gronkowski went down. We'll get into that a little bit later, but this is what I'll say about Seattle. I'll say don't count them out. All right? Fair enough? Yeah, they can do damage. All right. Thanks, Jerome. And right, next up, we got an email from Chris LeMay. What up, boys? Just wanted to say we're all hyped about the bunt and Sault St. Marie over here. Love the content, and you guys seem chill as fuck. <laughs> Thanks, Diggy. Us northern boys always love coming up to skate Toronto. You say your spots are choppy. Feels like marble to us, bros. But for real, keep up the great work, my dudes. Who is your favorite interview so far, and who do you hope to get on the most? 
Ben Bundell and Tower Warren was pretty fun just because we got pretty drunk. <laughs> Real tough. That, uh, that was a long one. But I mean, other than that, probably Grant Patterson. I probably never laughed that hard in my life. I mean, I saw Grant the other day and we talked about maybe putting his episode back online. You know, Grant, if you're hearing this. A secret that, episode. That shit killed me, though. I say Grant for sure. As much as I enjoyed all of them and everyone was special in their own way, you know what I'm saying? Corey Shepard definitely had me dying with his crazy ass stories. And uh, he just flew back into Toronto the other day. So definitely got to go have a beer with him. Always entertaining, Corey. For skater who we most want to have on, I'd definitely, I'd pick Ragdoll. I mean, you got a name like that. You got got to have some stories, dog. That's true. Who knows what that motherfucker looks like now, too? Can you imagine? He looked bad enough back then. Other than Otto, wake up, let's go skate. I'd I'd be down for a Ben Gilly thing. You feel me? <laughs> Just find is that out. Not Ragdoll. Are they like the same person? <laughs> find out more about the uh, the mysterious Ben Gilly, Mister Five O El Toro. Like it ain't a thing. Thanks for that email, Chris. Let me just read your little shout out from the title record skate team and the Rad Zone. Much love, my Niggies. <laughs> Lol. Spelled it N E E G E E. It's actually N I G G E Y. But thanks for clarifying that. Thanks, Chris. Hold on. P.S. Notice the headphones in the clip I attached. I'm listening to the bunt with Brandon Beeble. Cheers, boys. Oh, and he sent us a video. So dope. Yo, shouts to Sue Saint Marie and Chris LeMay, yo. Next email coming up from Julian Lamb. Broken ankle in interviews. Hey dudes, haven't written since season two, ep one. Lots have happened so far. I broke my ankle and became a self-proclaimed lurker on Instagram at Slick Forest. I got two questions. One for the ghost. What is your best advice to Anigi who's got to get back to work? Do you mean work on your skateboard or yeah? Like what do you think he's got to get back to actual work? Damn, You're dog. like the wise man who lives in the tree on top of the hill, gets people through their injury woes. Julian, I feel for you, dog. Definitely been there myself more than a couple times with the uh, the ankle woes. What you're going to want to do. Are you from the States? Because physio and the doctor is probably super expensive. I think, it's, but uh, I think he's Canadian. If you Canadian, go get that free x-ray. Go get uh, that free surgery if you need it. Keep your head up. Watch all the skate videos you can. But if that's too annoying, then completely block skateboarding out. I've, I've gone both ways. Sometimes you just got to switch it up. Find something else that keeps you sweating and keeps you like releasing that physical energy because there's nothing worse than just sitting around and having pent up energy and getting fat so i don't know i'd say definitely get your physio popping do exactly what your doctors tell you so you're back on your board as soon as possible all at netflix all at hbo if you haven't watched uh westworld yet you know what i'm saying uh what else we got jesus christ Game all right let's move on to the next question <laughs> All right, and uh, question two from Julian. When is Evan Hay or Dustin Henry interviews going to drop? Both dudes are fire. Keep rocking it. Sincerely, Julian. Evan Hay will never get on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. We fucks with Evan, so I don't know. Hey, man, it can happen whenever. Evan's too lit for this. I don't even know if he could contain himself and sit down and talk to us without doing like a backflip. What about Dustin? Three flip while doing the interview. Get Dustin on here. Oh, D. Henry? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're planning a little Montreal, the Bunt road trip at some point this winter. We've been planning it since season one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's coming, trust me. Holler at a couple Montreal special guests. I'm sure y- y'all can guess who, you know what I'm saying? The most exclusive, hypest Montreal dudes. 
we'll get D Henry on there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Don't hold your breath, but those two guys will be on the bunt uh, at some point in the future. All right, yo, next up, we've got an email here from, uh, I think his name is Ludovic Loling Ass Cabongo or something. Can't really pronounce it or read it. His name sounds soft. I think he's soft. Uh, <laughs> yo, Yashrili Gay, stale. Looking forward to season three and my guest appearance on the bunt. This question's for Donald. <laughs> you already know, Yash Kid. Where's your head at these days after getting bitch lap 9-0 this past week in fantasy? <laughs> That's funny, man. I, I, I knew he was going to write in, you know. It, it was a couple weeks ago, so I, I've recovered. And man, to be honest with you, dude, that already feels like last year, bro. I, I moved Russell Westbrook, moved John Wall. Some dumbass managed to take LaMarcus Aldridge and Draymond Green off my hands in one swift move. <laughs> and look at me now, bro. I'm fucking rolling. This one guy in the league keeps talking about his team trending up, but everyone in there knows who's really trending up, bro. It's the Bosnian Beast 23. Catch you in a few weeks, dude. Ain't going to be the same. Yo, just to put Dono on blast, this man feels bare nice, but if it wasn't for me secretly GMing his team, he'd still be in last. I created a monster, y'all. I'm top boy in it, and Dono's just beat me 8-1. So anyone who plays fantasy basketball knows I just got slapped. I'm cheesed, y'all. Feel a little bit better now? Next up, we got an email from Easy Baba. I don't know what kind of name that is. <laughs> hey, don't hate. What the hell's wrong with you? You just went off on a guy whose name we know is Ludovic Lolinga, and you just butchered it for two minutes. Don't yeah, talk to me about Easy Baba. Because he's one of my best friends since childhood. He can take it. We don't know who Easy Baba is. It's one of my best friends from back in the day, back with the elementary, dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we used to run the kickball together back at fucking Danforth Gardens, baby. Let's go. All right. Does anybody know whatever happened to Paul Trepp? Heard a rumor in the last couple years or so that he has some mental instability and was acting crazy on Facebook, taking jabs at Machno or something like that. He truly is one of the sickest Canadians ever. Hope he's doing well. Paul Trepp, one of the greatest to ever step foot on a skateboard. Yeah, he moved back from BC to uh, Elmer, where he's from, right on the border of Ontario and Quebec. Uh, haven't talked to him in a while. Definitely was going through a little bit of a rough patch there. Um, can't really elaborate because I don't know what's up these days, but wishing him nothing but the best. He's definitely, no no word of a lie, top five skater all time in his prime. One of my favorites. Still watches parts to this day. So And also just a really good guy. Like he was, anyone who's ever chilled with Trep knowing he was pretty chill. Yeah. He had his demons, but I mean. Who doesn't, right? Exactly. All, all we can do is wish him the best and hope to see him on his board this summer. I'd love to see that. All right, that's going to wrap up the post office, man. First edition of season three. Keep sending them emails in. Save is going to keep butchering your names and <laughs> making me feel bad. Y'all know what it is. We back. The Rundown. The Skateboard World Source for Sports. And I mean, we've been off the we've been off there for five weeks. A lot has happened in the Bunt Fantasy Football League. Safest team, Uranus, has risen from the ashes. He got himself a couple game winning streak. I forget whatever it was. Five, five. There we go. Knocked Wade sorry ass out the playoffs. Uh huh. Got himself a win over his arch rival Joel Crabapple ass Scullard. <laughs> Peace out, Deggy. <laughs> Took a rough loss today to a good friend of ours, 
Simon Disher. I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys right now. <clears throat> I would say Zeke's putting me out of my misery, but I've been done since like two o'clock today. It was a valiant effort on my behalf, and I'm just taking so, I'm just taking comfort in the fact that I dusted Joel's punk ass out the league after he thought he was nice all year. I told you, boy. First taste of adversity, and you're done. Say that name, you anus, and you're done. In the other uh, quarterfinal, it had myself mopping the floor with some guy we don't really know. His name's Calvin or something like that. He's not very into it. I mean, he left Julio Jones on the bench. He couldn't even beat me. He had Lev Bell drop 50, and Tom Brady still dusted your ass. <laughs> so now I'm going up against the one and only Ants 1, Crew Creative. It's a cool thing still. It's going to come down to Monday night, so we'll keep you guys posted. We'll, we'll let you know what pops off with that next week. Yeah, all y'all got to know, I know we're talking too much about our fantasy league that no one cares about, but the bunt... Big three, safe Dono and Ants. We all made the uh, semifinals. So the final four, turn. the final four, Simon, one of us is going to slap your ass. You feel me? You can't take us all three strength and numbers. You smell me? <laughs> <laughs> and now back to, to real news, yo, because no one wants to hear about me losing in fantasy. Gronk goes down yet again. Start of season two, you're giving everyone your top fives, top tens, whatever. Gronk was your number one tight end. Hey, man, you know this. Nobody can predict injuries. That's one thing we can't predict. With Gronk, I'm pretty sure we can predict Well, now we can, and, and I'm going to put this on air. I've never drafted his ass again. You know, I can't be dealing with this second and third round picks ditching me weeks 14 and 15, four years in a row now. I've had enough of that shit. He's still the best. We know he's the best, you know. And when he's on the field, the, the New England Patriots are the best. But it's a wide open race now, man. And who do I got? Some fucking bum with Darius Green catching passes from Boom Howard. He's got fucking... <laughs> ben Roethlisberger looks like a goddamn loaf of bread with some toothpicks for legs, man. That, that's, that's not an athlete or a professional. That's not the body of a professional athlete. I got to find myself a new tight end. I got to find myself a new QB next year. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm never drafting your ass again. Moving right on. The rise of the Kansas City Chiefs, yo. That little fucking Nigi shot out of a cannon. Tyreek Hill, what do you think about them boys? Tyreek Hill, he's been putting up TDs for me for the last couple weeks. Some for you too on your defense special teams. I never seen anyone that fast, man. The TD he put up Sunday afternoon, absolute insanity. Too bad he didn't touch the ball again. I don't know why, but, you know. This is a team that's built on defense. The QB just kind of manages the clock. The defense gets the turnovers. They score the points. Defense wins championships. Hey, yo, last but not least, it's week 15. That MVP talk's real. Who you got? Well, this seems like something that's always given to quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I got no problem giving it to Tom Brady. The guy's got 22 touchdown passes, one interception in his 11 games. He's lost one game. I know I missed the first four, so some people are going to say, oh, maybe Derek Carr, or oh, maybe Dak Prescott, but I'm going Tom Brady. And besides Tom Brady, I'm going David Johnson, man. No one's putting any respect on his name. I know the Arizona Cardinals aren't in a position to make the playoffs, so he definitely won't win the title, but I think that guy's the most talented player in the NFL right now. Who are you taking? I don't disagree with that David Johnson thing, but not making the playoffs, I don't know if you can get MVP, you feel me? Might have to just give it to my boy, famous Jameis. First down, interception. <laughs> Game over. Thank God. Dallas wins. And, and I just, yo, who that nation? You just got clapped up. 
Donovan just officially moved on to the finals in uh, his $250 league. How much money you win if you win first place in that one? 27 and a half, baby. Me and you, the regulator. My MVP for style points goes to Le'Veon Bell for that performance last week. But actually, he missed the first three or four games. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'm going to give it to Dak. He's got a better QBR than your boy Tom Brady. They 11 and they 12 and 2 now, officially. Peeps are going to try and sleep on the rookie, but the man's done all you could ask for in a quarterback and then some Dak Prescott. All right, moving over to the hardwood. You know, it's been a long time off. Steve has been itching to talk about the NBA. So we're going to start it off with his favorite subject, LeBron James and the Cavaliers. Do the Toronto Raptors have what it takes to knock them off the top spot? Definitely not as currently constructed, and there's probably not really a trade that we can do midseason to get us the edge. But I just want to talk about how the East is still a disgrace, still (laughs) pissing me off. It's going to be a cakewalk to the finals for the Cavs again. Can some of these players from the Western Conference come to these shit teams? Like, don't you want a shot at the finals and not have to go through Golden State, San Antonio, the Clippers? Like, what are these guys thinking in free agency? It's killing me, man. Sick of seeing LeBron in the finals every year, giving me heart attacks. Raptors, find a way to get Paul Millsap and let's do this. Moving on. You know, I took a look at the standings in the NBA, something I don't do very often because uh, I only really pay attention to the standings in the league of Mont Satan, which uh, where I rose up to seed number three this week. But uh, speaking of seed number three, the Houston Rockets, something I uh, never thought I'd see, but it looks like Mike uh, Antoni's offense is uh, <laughs> killing it out there. What do, you, what do you think? Is Houston for real? Houston's for real, baby. James Harden, I think, yo, Mike D'Antoni, you might be a genius. This was definitely your last shot as a head coach in the NBA, uh, and he's making the most of it. He decided to put James Harden as their point guard officially, surround him with three-point shooters, get rid of Dwight Howard. Clint Capella stepped in nicely. These men are banging threes all over the goddamn place. They just hit a record 24 threes in a game the other day. Next game, go to the target center. Before they went into the game, They told Mike D'Antoni, like, oh, the record threes attempted here is 40 in a game. And he was like, in a half? (laughs) Went in there, put up 51 trays. Those dudes are are really meshing well. Bunch of new faces. Yeah, tell them about Uh, my boy. Who's your boy? Oh, Tell them about my boy. Yo, Eric Gordon, man. I think after last game, I'd have to double check this, but he might have just surpassed Steph Curry with the most threes on the season. But he's... If he hasn't, he's either tied or like one or two behind. Uh huh. He's on fire. Uh-huh. They got Ryan Anderson, the Rhino, uh, putting yeah, up threes I... for days. Trevor Ariza, um, even their my boy Sam Decker, youngin in his second year. Ugly bastard Pat Bev yeah, playing Pat hard. Really, uh, they're they're fun to watch. I'll tell you that. James Harden's on one. He's on pace. He could be the first person since. I forget what uh, that Hall of Famer's name is. He could potentially lead the league in scoring and assists, which hasn't been done in a long time. I'll leave it at that. But someone named Russell Westbrook's uh, standing in his path right now. All right. There we go. Next subject, Mr. Triple Double. It was a blast owning this guy in fantasy. But uh, Mr. Triple Double, Russell Westbrook, leading the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've won a lot more games than I would have thought. He's got his team in a playoff position. Are they going to stick around? 
they're going to stick around only because after the eighth seed, there's a huge fall off in the West. Denver's in the ninth seed right now, and they're going nowhere fast. Russell Westbrook's the real deal. The question is, is he going to run out of gas? But uh, he's got a chance to average a triple-double for a season, which is something I didn't think was possible. But you watch him play. Uh, this guy's motor never seems to run out of gas, so there's nothing really indicating that he can't do it at this point. It's something to pay attention to. Makes watching those games uh, a little more fun. 22 assists the other day in one game. 22. Yeah. This man is... What is his usage rate? It's got to be the highest in the league. I'm not sure, but uh, it's probably 100% the highest in the league. Him and Anthony. <laughs> I'm going to say 100%. Him, him, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins are my guesses for top three usage rates. Jesus. All right. That's going to wrap up the rundown. We love talking LeBron James over here in Studio E. So uh, send in your questions. Make sure they got a little LeBron ting in them for Saifa. We'll be sure to answer those. LeBron, you ain't going to be the leading scorer on your team for the first time <laughs> in your career, baby. How that feels. Kyrie Irving, let's get it. And y'all ain't ready for KD in the finals. You feel me? I can't wait. Finals rematch because we know as much as the NBA is entertaining, we know who's going to end up where. It'll be the Raptors versus the Clippers, (laughs) the NBA finals. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up episode one. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you to Tim O'Connor. My man, you're welcome back anytime. So stoked to be back. Catch y'all next week, yo. We out here.